Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Intelligent Moron with Alex Silva. You know, I've been really getting into iced coffee lately. Not like at like a Starbucks or like a coffee shop, but just kind of making iced coffee. You know, and now that it's summer, it's warmer, you know, it's hotter. It's, uh, you don't really want to be near food or drink that's too excruciatingly hot because... What if you're outside? What if you're somewhere where it isn't as cool as it can be? And the fact that it's summer outside means that, you know, it's just not going to be as cool. You know, you, you're going out in t-shirts and shorts and because of the weather. Well, you know, I'm a big fan of drinking coffee. I usually drink a cup a day, at least, sometimes two. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to let the weather, the season, you know, the temperature stop me from drinking coffee, something that I very much enjoy. So I have a Keurig, you know, here, and I make the cup of coffee every day. You know, it gets it hot and, you know, that's how I like it. But, you know, since it's hot, I decided, well, I'll make the Keurig, the K-cup of coffee, put in the coffee cup. Let's sit there for a little bit just so it is not as hot as it, you know, it can be. And then once it's like a pretty decent temperature, I'll put some ice in it. I have some right now in my Yeti, you know, just my Yeti cup right here. You got some coffee brewed a K cup as with the most amount of water as I can and put in this Yeti and put some ice in it. And let me tell you, man, there's something about iced coffee that in some ways feels a little bit more energizing and hot coffee. Let me break it down to you. For some reason, a hot drink like coffee, hot cocoa, you know, sometimes hot chocolate, whatever, sometimes it kind of makes me feel like I need to take a nap or go to sleep. You know, whether that be in the morning, night, afternoon, whatever. Sometimes it just makes me, you know, have like that, you know, it's time to wind down. Usually not as much as in the morning, but when I get home from work, sometimes I want a cup of coffee to, you know, to keep myself up, not not just take a nap, so I'll have that, but sometimes I'll have a counter reaction, I'll be like, oh no, it's like, it kind of makes me want to get all warm and snuggly and take a nap, and I have to avoid that. Now that it's hot outside, and it just, you know, I don't want to be hot, I've switched over to iced coffee, and the fact that it is cold, iced you know, for that matter, it feels more of a drink to keep me wide awake than to put me to sleep. I understand that there's co there's caffeine in coffee, and that is supposed to, you know, keep you up or prevent you from going to sleep, you know, in theory. Sometimes it doesn't always work. Other times it does. I just feel like in this case, it does feel like... I can stay awake much easier that it's iced coffee. It feels more like an elixir to keep me awake than to put me to sleep or to make me feel like I need to take a snooze. You know, sometimes it just doesn't always work, you know. But but most times when I've had it in these past couple days, it has made me feel like I don't need to take a nap, which is a good thing. You know, the last thing I need is to come back, have a nice hot cup of coffee, and then it put me on my ass when I just take a nap. That's the least thing, that's the one thing that I don't want to have to have happen to me when I drink my cup of coffee. The one thing. I mean, I, you know, I've never also ever been like, had too much coffee and felt jittery. Not once in my entire life. That might just be a, a lie from like like uh, entertainment, like TV shows and movies, that that stuff happens. Never once experienced that in my entire life. Actually getting jitters from coffee, come on. I actually used to drink a lot more than I do today, I'll be, if I'm being completely honest. Sometimes, before I had a K-cup machine, right, a Keurig, I, you know, just like most people had a coffee pot, you know, a coffee machine, Mr. Coffee, where you just fill up the, the pot and, you know, that's that's how much you have is how much is in the pot, right? You put the grounds of coffee in and it just makes the coffee. 
I used to have one of those, and I used to kill pots of coffee. Not like multiple a day, but I would drink like you know almost a lot of the a lot of the pot. I would drink, you know, just because I love the taste, and it was like you know supposed to keep you awake. And I was like, this is a little too much coffee, you know. It got to the point where it was beginning to stain my teeth, you know. I never thought that that was a real thing, but I saw it in the mirror one time. I was like, what the hell is going on? I went to the dentist. I'm like, yo, what's up with my teeth? I'm like, oh, it's, you're drinking too much coffee. You need to quit drinking coffee. And I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, well, I'll stop. Oh, God. I thought it was something weird. But, you know, once I stopped, I went to the dentist. I got cleaned it. The, the stains went away miraculously, thank Christ. And then we got the Keurig. And then that, you know, in a way, because of how much you need to fill up the Keurig, the, the machine itself, with water, how long it takes to brew one K-cup of coffee, and how many K-cups you have, right, If you unless you go to Costco and buy like a million of them, but like, you don't always have an unlimited supply, as you kind of feel like you do when you have like the coffee grounds, and then a big pot, you know, fill it up as how much you want, it doesn't feel the same, it feels, you know, like you're limited, which in a way is good, especially if you don't have that much self-control when it comes to drinking coffee like it I did back then. So, in a way, the K-Cup, right, the Keurig, has saved my life. Thank Christ. And it's also just been, you know, you're, I, my family would always buy like a one really specific brand of coffee, like Folgers Basic Coffee, right? Now we buy like Donut Shop K-Cups, Sometimes the different flavors of them. We would buy the, the Costco K-Cups. And we would try different types of coffee. You know, you just kind of narrow it down to what you like. I Me, mean, personally, I've kind of narrowed it down to the uh, basic donut shop coffee. It's one of my, you know, it, it became like, all right, you know, this is, you know, this is good. Like, this is where I will settle. Now, do I want to try other types of coffee? Of course I do. Now I have that option. You don't have to buy, like, a giant bag of coffee grounds and do it that way i feel like a k-cup is just easier or maybe it's it's the way they it's because they want me to think that it's easier that way maybe maybe not i'm not sure but it has curved my coffee drinking to a minimum usually about like two cups a day once in the morning maybe one in the afternoon just to keep me awake and that'd be it that's that's all it is um but the ice coffee hack in my opinion, has been a game changer. It definitely feels like I'm drinking pure energy. Energy that that I just, just doesn't seem like I'm drinking when I'm drinking hot coffee. Not a huge fan of energy drinks. I mean, I'll, I might grab one here and there just to really give me a jolt. And those work, by the way. Like, those 100% work. I always thought that, you know, they weren't as intense as like a soda but like they're like a soda dialed up all the way the amount of sugar they have the amount of caffeine you know monster has like b12 vitamins and b6 vitamins in there too that's a pretty cool thing i didn't really know that back in the day i was also very scared of those i was not the biggest fan of them one because i didn't really care for the taste it wasn't really you know the thing i wanted to drink I was always just a fan of soda like Coca-Cola, and that was my jam back then. And they were always like kind of like for like the edgy kids, the kids that were on the go, the skater kids, the kids who were like, you know, kind of like like they looked like they actually needed the energy, like they were going to fall asleep or they were just like trying to do a bunch of stuff. And I was never really like that. I never really thought that I needed that much energy. I was never really that tired. When I was that young, now I kind of, you know, I'll, I'll get them here and there if I really need a jolt. And then, you know, I just, you know, I go with the flow. If I crash, I crash. Most of the times when I do drink them, I don't crash, which is a good thing because I was, I heard that that was like a, like a problem back then. Like when they first came out, I was like, oh, you're going to crash. And that kind of introduced a five hour energy, which I've had a couple times as well when I was in college and let me tell you, between coffee, soda, energy drinks, and five-hour energy, five-hour energy worked 
the best. Like, that shit would make me wired. I would, like, almost forget that I was tired. It worked so well. It was, I would be dialed in. The moment I drank it to when I when it wore off, I was just wired and, and dialed in. You know, I haven't had one in a long, long, long time. I thought about it, but I always just kind of, if I need it, you know, I need it, I'll just go with the energy drink. Because it just, you know, it feels like I don't mind the taste as much as I used to when I was younger. When I was young, I was like, yeah, this tastes like crap. It tastes like a battery acid. No, thank you. But now I'm like, you know, it's cool. It's all right. You know, I, I, I don't mind it. I don't mind it anymore. Um, but lately, iced coffee. That's been the way to go for me. Tastes good. I can I can actually feel like it. maybe it's a placebo effect, but it makes me feel like I'm actually drinking something something that will make me stay awake. You know, and that's what that's all really what I need is something that'll make me stay awake. Fourth um, of July just passed. You know, we had the holiday for the United States being a country. You know, I love Fourth of July. It's one of my favorite holidays of all time barbecuing, friends, family, fireworks, um, good food, being outside, even though it was pretty hot this past weekend over the 4th of July, you know, it was worth it, you know, we, me and my friends decided to have it on the 2nd of July, because a lot of us, you know, had to work on the actual day, because, you know, it's on the, uh, the weekday, where people, you know, not everybody can get it off, unfortunately, and, you know, the day after is just, uh, right back to it, but we decided to do it on a Sunday, because that's when the host was going to be off, and we're like, yeah, let's uh, let's just have it on this day, it was fun, quite fun, we stay inside most of the day, because that's one of the days that it was like over 100, I think it was like 107, I was like, no fucking way, I'm going to be outside the entire day when it's 107, we were just chilling out, watching some movies, eating some good food, chilling out, Grilled some burgers, some hot dogs, you know, the usual suspects of 4th of July. You always got to have that stuff, I feel like. And, of course, we went to go buy some fireworks, right? We went to go buy fireworks, and I live in California, so I get all the pussy fireworks, right? I get the fireworks that you have to put on the ground and just, like, watch them crackle, basically. Watch these little cardboard fireworks that are in, like, these cardboard tubes just kind of crackle on the ground, you know. A couple of them are pretty cool back in the day, but I'll say this, if you're going to buy fireworks, right, and I've learned my lesson, I think, it took me three times, I'm pretty sure I've learned my lesson, if you're going to buy fireworks from, like, these stands, and if you live in California, uh, with all the pussy fireworks, I will, I, I, I'm going to give you some advice, some advice right here, I'm pretty sure I've learned my lesson after this, do not buy the combo packs if you see like a pack of fireworks whether you go to the various different you know brands of fireworks whether it be tnt phantom freedom wherever the hell that's here in california do not buy the packs of fireworks you're gonna see like these big packs that have like you know uh maybe ranging from like six to like 30 fireworks right right being like 30 the most is like 500 dollars, and you buy that and it's like a big jumbo pack with all these fireworks maybe even more than 30 and you're going to go to like some medium one that's like maybe 200 and you're gonna go to the smaller one which is like about like 60 to 100 bucks right do not buy these packs because as much money as you think that they are right of Case of like 10 fireworks is like maybe, maybe even less, maybe eight fireworks is like $70, right? One firework will be like maybe 20 bucks, $20, right? 15 to $20. And you buy eight of these for 70. I mean, just by doing the math, you know that these fireworks are not going to be worth anything, we bought a pack, and we bought some other ones that were like individual ones, and those individual ones were a lot better than the pack. It was actually embarrassing. I think 
and this just might be, you know, how they are today, that these firework companies have really been cheapening and cheapening their products for the last, like, maybe eight years. Because those packs, those big packs, the value packs, the combo packs, whatever you want to call them, they just do not have the same quality as they would about 10 years ago. And there's nothing more disappointing when you spend well over $100. I spent like $162 on fireworks. And the individual ones were the best ones. That pack that cost me like $70 was terrible. I mean, like the fireworks were so weak. They lasted for like maybe, maybe 10 seconds, 10 to 15 seconds. They just were not good. And it was pretty bad. It was actually embarrassing, and you like you get the 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 feeling in your stomach where you're like, "Damn, we wasted money on these, and we can't return them nothing. They just already blew up. It's over, dead, gone. We're never gonna see that money back again." Now, of course, me and my friends, we decided to pitch in. But when we blew them up, I was like, oh, no, like, we wasted our money on this, boys. This is a dud show. Not not only that, though, not just the fireworks, but the sparklers this year, right? The sparklers that you just hold on and it's like a flare or whatever. A sparkler, you know what I'm talking about. They took, like, at least, like, 10 seconds to light these motherfuckers. Like, you would have to burn off the entire paper, you know, end and then keep the flame on that tip just to get that thing to spark. And it took forever. And that was with every single one that I had. But like two packs. And then like every single one of those took like forever to light. Just wasting time. Just lighting this in like trying to get it to go. Wasting the oil in the, or the, the, the lighter fluid in the lighters. Just like putting it on there. Having to use your other sparkler to light that one too. Just a big waste of time. I couldn't believe it. I was like, okay, they just straight up are selling shitty product now. Like, these stupid-ass firework companies, man, are putting out some of the worst fireworks I've seen in the past three years, right? Getting duped and duped every goddamn year. Every single year for the past three years it's been happening. So, I've made the conclusion. I will no longer be buying these packs these combo packs of fireworks not gonna do anymore don't care did more fireworks on the actual fourth of july with my family we did not buy a pack we bought individual ones every single one of them were not that big right not that big pretty small ones we actually thought they were really small we thought they were going to be very very small like embarrassingly small no every single one of them was bigger than any of them that we bought that I bought in in the pack two days before that. Couldn't believe it. Could not believe it. And they were tiny ones to like medium tiny ones that we bought on the 4th of July. All better. All lasted at least 30 seconds. I was like, dude, what? We spent like $60, $70 on that on the 4th of July ones. Bought a pack of sparklers, bought a pack of Piccolo Pete's. You you know, combination them, one with a piccolo, one with a firework, you know, light them off at the same time, have a cool-ass show. I couldn't believe it. I was just like, dude, all right, I understand now. I will never buy one of these packs again. I just, I now have valid evidence that this, this method is not it. This method does not work. It is atrocious. It's terrible. I can't believe that they get away with it every time. You know what also sucks, though, is when you go to these shops to buy fireworks, they give you a catalog, and I swear to God, the catalog makes the, they're not proportionally sized, on well, obviously it's a catalog, it's like a piece of paper, right? But I was looking at some, like, hey, that one looks pretty big, we'll get that one. And then they give me this tiny little piece of shit when I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, what the fuck is this? Like, it all kind of seems like it's a scam, I'll be honest. I'll be honest, it all seems like a very, very big scam, which I'm not behind. I don't know if I can be behind this 
much longer. I love the 4th of July. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I love the, the, the festivities and everything. But these trashy-ass fireworks, <laughs> air quotes fireworks, are, are pretty shitty. Like, they're, they're, they're small. They, they're annoying. They cost, they're way overpriced. It's like, oh my god, I might, you know, we, I might have to put my foot down and be like, no, never again. We should actually find a way to get to make the fireworks that are illegal in California to make them legal because this is just annoying. It's very annoying. I don't know if that's such a good idea now that I think about it. But then again, like if you're going to make us like buy this crap, we know that there's things out there that are much better that are illegal. Like, can you just make it the stuff that is legal a little bit cheaper? That way we can buy more of it. That way we don't have to feel like we're just like not getting enough because that's what it feels like now is like, I felt like we got a pretty good amount when we spent that $162. Like this is going to be pretty cool, but they were all terrible fireworks. So it felt like we had nothing. It's like, shit, really? But honestly though, if we're, if we're really being serious, like how, how can we make the illegal ones legal? Like, for real, though. Like, how come they're available in other states but not here? Like, I don't understand. I understand that they're, you know, fires and all that. But still, like, just be responsible and we can probably get them back. Possibly. Right? I don't know. But that might not be possible. I don't know. But it just kind of seemed like so... And people have them anyway. Like, they launch them all the time. I see it all the time in the neighborhood, like, you know, on that, on 4th of July, they'll light them up, they don't care, you know, I don't know, it's just like, because they cost so much money, they cost so much money, and they get so little out of it, it just feels more and more every year like a scam, well, I mean, this year, next year, I ain't buying no pack anymore, I'm done with that, I'm done with that, I'm gonna have to tell my friends, like, yo, you gotta start forking up a little more cash, you know, maybe we won't get as many, but they'll be better, much better show, you know, there's one thing though, there's one thing about the, about the 4th of July that I don't give a fucking shit about, I mean, I don't give a fuck about, a flying fuck about any of it, any of it, and they televise it every fucking year, every year, and I've seen maybe about 20 seconds of this entire event in my entire existence. About 20 seconds of it. And people watch it like every year. They tune in. They watch it passionately. They actually enjoy it. They talk about it. They tweet about it. They get excited about it. And they get really lame about it too. Like really lame. Like it's something that it's so dear to them that it has to go on, and that's got to be the hot dog eating contest, I don't give a flying fuck about that, I don't care if this guy can eat this many hot dogs, I don't care, honestly, the the 20 seconds that I've seen of this entire event, and it was like a, maybe like a, like a sports center top 10 of Joey Chestnut winning the, uh, Winning the the game, whatever. Winning the contest, right? Good for him. He wins, right? He's a, a champion, I guess. And he wins it every year. But watching these guys eat this shit almost makes me want to vomit every goddamn time. First of all, this man put away 62 hot dogs this year. 62. You should probably only be eating two hot dogs. Like, if you were going to eat hot dogs, like, for a meal, two max. This dude put away 62 hot dogs. And the way that they eat them too, all fast and shit, shoving it down their throat, dipping that shit in water, is probably one of the most unappetizing, disgusting things that you could watch voluntarily. So disgusting. So just like it, nauseating, just nauseating, like, you don't want to watch any of it, I've seen 20 seconds, and I wanted to vomit, even when they're done, the dude looks like he's about to explode, and I still want to vomit, 
I'm like, oh my god, I can't, I can't fucking look at this fuck right now, because I'm gonna fucking explode, like, this is hideous, and then people actually are excited about it, they tweet about it, they like and share, they're, they're pumped up, it's like, oh, what in the fuck are you talking about, like, you can't even do that, you would never do that, you would never do that, you never try to do that, and yet you're here watching some guy do it, and you're like, yeah, this is awesome, like, you gotta be fucking kidding me, first of all, like, do you not get disgusted by seeing this man struggle, I mean, this guy is keeping his eyes shut, and chewing, and swallowing at such a fast rate, he's like about to explode, like at Hot Dog 20, and at this rate, he's got to go 40 more, it's actually painful to watch, in the 20 seconds that I've seen of this entire event, it's both nauseating, disgusting, painful, and almost like actually embarrassing to watch. It's all the bad things that you don't want to experience, and you're watching something that causes all those feelings to you, who's not even eating it, who's not even participating, who's not even competing. It's one of the dumbest things that we do. And it's like, oh my god, I, I, I can't believe that it's a thing still. That this hot dog eating contest is a thing. And you know what? I gotta give it to Joey Chestnut, though. He ain't no fat fuck. Like, he's not a fat fuck. He's actually in somewhat okay shape. You know, these competitive eaters, they have, they probably have to, like, you know, once they demolish this amount of food in this competition, they can't possibly have a good next day. They can't possibly. It's no. It's it's not possible. Like seeing how much this guy puts away, you know, and the way he does it. Like I said, water. Like soaking his bun in water, his hot dog in water. Like you, you for you have abandoned everything that's enjoyable about eating food, and just like annihilated it in this competition to make to see who can eat the hot hot dogs the fastest. Not only that. Hot dogs are a dangerous food to eat. Not only eat at a quick pace and eat a ton. Like, you remember in school when you would have like these these uh these signs when you would eat hot dog to be careful because if you don't chew it properly, it's gonna get fucking in and lodged in your throat and you're gonna fucking die. Unless someone gives you like, you know, that gives you the Heimlich or seat or and it pumps it out of you. You know, but like talk about a a food item that is dangerous, not just like a lot, but sort of dangerous to consume at such a fast pace, that's probably why these fuckers lube it all up with water and shit, and it just, again, like, there's not one thing that I've seen for less time, right, 20 seconds of my entire life of watching this shit, and being disgusted, nauseated, embarrassed, and like, just like, in pain watching than the hot dog eating contest it is one of the worst things that has ever been created one of the worst things that people can actually root for and one of like the most embarrassing things that you can be caught watching like oh i'm gonna go watch this hot dog eating contest like you gotta be shitting me right there ain't better things to do you can't watch anything else you gotta go watch someone eat hot dogs and look disgusted while he's eating it and in pain like no thanks bro no thanks Mm-mm. and every time it's like every time every time i see it every snippet i've seen the fucker is always looking like he's gonna fucking explode it's like no thank you absolutely not he's like gagging too like mid fucking eating like nah fuck that y'all crazy bro i never understood the the hype the excitement the fandom I just don't care. I do not care. And sometimes, you know what? You can't care about everything. You know, I care about a lot of things. Football, basketball, baseball, video games. I don't give a... People, some people can find that so repulsive, right? But if you find that repulsive, I feel like you sort of have to find the hot dog eating contest even more repulsive. Just watching it is painful absolutely painful and that's like got to be the worst possible thing that we do for this entire fucking holiday yeah sure you know 
you can get pretty corny wearing everything that's, you know, red, white, and blue, whatever. Okay, whatever, cool. But this shit, fucking eating all these fucking hot dogs and watching somebody do it, being an absolute enormous amounts of pain, full to the stomach, has to be, like, just, like, the bottom of the barrel. Like, oh, God, like, what have we done? I understand that hot dogs are a staple for barbecue. They've kind of kind of been like a thing where you got to eat hot dogs on the 4th of July. Okay, cool, whatever. But you don't got to make it a contest like this where it's actually disgusting, like repulsive. Like I don't, I don't want to watch this at all. You couldn't pay me. I would never want to like actually go to this thing and like watch them. I might actually throw up, and it takes a lot to make me throw up, but I would be like, I also took a vow never to throw up again, but, like, it couldn't, you can never catch me there, I would never, ever be there, ever, family members there, cousins there, no, okay, whatever, um, I'll, I'll check it out, maybe the highlights, did he, I'll just be like, hey, did he win, no, he lost, okay, whatever, see ya, yeah, I don't know, I just, it's just something that has always disgusted me, and just been like, so like, not for me at all, and it's like, super hardcore, like, no chance will I ever watch it, like, but, you know, I don't care, I don't care, I like everything else, 4th of July, but that hot dogging contest, bro, piss off, like, who, who gives a fuck about that, all right, now, moving on to something that, that, uh, is not as repulsive, is not as disgusting, not as hard, well, might be as hard to watch, but, I would say a lot more disappointing. Over the weekend, I did see, it was, uh, I believe, July 3rd, we went to the movies, the family and I, went to go see the new Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, starring yours truly, Harrison Ford. Yes, he's back again, playing Indiana Jones for the fifth time in his career at the bright age of 80 years old, yes, now, of course, uh, he is not, uh, wasn't 80 when he filmed it, but he is 80 now promoting it, so, close enough, probably about, like, what, 78, 79 when he filmed it, still old as shit, but still kicking ass, right, and that's always good to see Harrison Ford, like, still, like, commit to the role, and this role, of Indiana Jones being like his all-time favorite, not only career-defining role, but I think that is his favorite role of all time. You know, he's been very, very public about how much he loves playing Indiana Jones and being that character and how he wants nobody to touch it because that's still his character. And, you know, I mean, if I'm somebody, if I was an actor and I was famous for a character that, you know, gave me fame, popularity, got me all these opportunities and these roles, I would probably think the same thing. You know, you know, I'd be like, yo, that's mine. No one can touch it. But there's also some part of me that kind of is like in the realm of like, yeah, why, why not? Why not? You know, I can't play him forever. If they're, you know, if I do you know, when I do get older, I won't be able to do the things that I was able to do when I first started. Like, Raiders of the Lost Ark came out in, like, what, 1981, I think? Around there? 1980s, early 1980s? He was so much younger back then, and it was, like, perfect for him to be the the fighting archaeologist, the, the always hunting for treasure, preserve it in a museum. He had a whip. He had some gun skills. He was a fighter punching people, he knew how to hold his own, you know, and then, of course, as he gets older, you know, you can't really film that as easy as it was back in 1981, and, you know, that was kind of one of the things that I noticed about this film in particular, and even before that, I noticed it even, you know, of course, I noticed it too when he was, you know, brought back as Han Solo in Episode 7 in The Force Awakens, when you can tell that, of course, well, you know, that's actually Han Solo there, you know, played by Harrison Ford, as much as that's cool to see, you have to admit, the things that there that require athleticism and youth are not there. You can't really do that when you're like 70 years old. 
just not possible. So, you know, in terms of the fact that he doesn't want anybody else to play Indiana Jones, well, then I guess you just kill off the character, and you maybe make a new character within that universe, which is what I want them to do. I think that that would be very cool to see in the future. So, him being this old, you know, coming back to the role, he played it very well still in this movie. You know, even though he's older, the action cannot be as brisk, it can't be as entertaining as he as it would have been when he was, you know, back in 1981 with the Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? It just, you know, it's going to happen. Um, he's very good in this film, in Dial of Destiny. He's very, very good. He brings it. He's not phoning it in. He's having fun. He is playing an older Indiana Jones. Now, if you've seen Harrison Ford doing press, doing interviews, there isn't very much different between him and Indiana Jones. Like, he's almost like playing like a version of himself. Grumpy, pissed off, not wanting to be involved in shit. Just, you know, let me do my thing and that's it. You know, I'll say this because I only know that because I don't know anything else, right? He's playing like Indiana Jones is almost like a version of Harrison Ford. You know, but it, you know, but but it fits though. It fits. It's not like he's like he totally like you know changed the character. It's just like that's how you know you would expect the character to age into, especially with how the story is is uh, set up. You know, he's uh, still teaching archaeology. You know, he's still um, a professor there. You know, he's still got students to take care of or to teach. Of course, they probably don't want to learn it as much as he's interested in. So it's like, you know, you got that, you know, going around. But you see that in not just him and in this movie, but you see that in, you know, other fields of actual real-life people. Like, you know, when you got an old teacher that, like, is, you know, it, he's, it wants you to learn the material, but if the student doesn't want to learn, then he loses his motivation. So it's like, you know, a give and take. And you see that very well in this movie, and he plays it so well, right? He plays it so well, like I've said. I wish that the movie, like Harrison Ford's good acting, I wish the movie was good, because this movie's not good. Um, right off the bat, one of the biggest, biggest things I noticed in this in the very beginning of the movie, there is a flashback sequence. It's about 25 minutes of Indiana Jones back in time. I think the year is like 1945, 44, I can't remember, 41 maybe, 1940s. And you see this in the trailer too, he's de-aged. He's meant to look like he's back in like Raiders of the Lost Ark Indiana Jones, like young, right? Like young Harrison Ford. And they use the de-aging technology. And when he's not moving his face or talking, it looks decent, but... He's got to say things, and he's got to move, and he's got to do, you know, move around, do action scenes. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good at all. I mean, you can tell, like, and they did their best to try to cover it because the sequence is at night, so they could probably give you shitty lighting, and you'd be like, oh, well, it's at night. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and that, that explains it. But you, they can't, they could not hide it as well as they thought that they could. Like, you can tell, like, as he moves his head, as he moved his mouth, it was just fake. It was fake. It looked like a video game. It was like, I can't look at this guy. He looks so fake. I can't do it. Why did they do this? It was actually distracting. It was it was distracting. I just I could not get past it. I thought I would be able to because, you know, it. I've seen this in, uh, you know, uh, uh, Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett with uh, Luke Skywalker. You know, the first, the second season of, of Mandalorian, they, I think they de-aged uh, Mark Hamill's face, and it looked okay, but it didn't look that great, and I think in Book of Boba Fett, they used deepfake, and that looked way, way, way better. They should have used deepfake in this, because not only was he, you know, stiff and not moving that great, he also sounded like he was 80 years old, which was another thing that takes you out of the entire sequence of what happens. Like, they did not think, 
I don't know why, but they didn't think to alter his voice because his voice sounds just like it does now, but on younger Indy's face. I actually was like kind of appalled and kind of like scratching my head like, hold on, wait, are they even trying? Like, what, what the what the fuck are they doing here? Like, you can't just like change his face to make him look younger and and keep his 80-year-old fucking gr- grizzly... Gr- um, raspy ass voice. I I couldn't believe that they did that. That they let that go into theaters. You know, just like the sheer non no effort put into into making him sound younger. Like they just ignored it. I could I could not believe it. Like, <laughs> I, I, whose idea was this? Lucasfilm was this? Disney was it? Harrison Ford? Like I I could not. It took me out of the film. I was like, no way. Like they it, first of all. Like I said, the lighting is bad. They don't really show his face because they can't afford to do it. But now they have him having like these old man lines come from a younger looking dude. It's like none of this is working. It's just not working. I can't I kid you not, the sequence itself is cool, but him looking the way he looks, sounding the way he looks ruined it. It ruins it. It just it takes you like it breaks everything. It, like it's like Oh, this is totally not real. Feel this feels fake. Um and not only that, there is a scene too when he's running across the top of a train and I guess they wanted even though you don't even see him, it's from afar, but you can see his body running. I guess they had Harrison Ford actually run that and put that in the film. And you see him run across the train and you can tell it's an 80-year-old man running. I was like, where's the body double? Where is the younger actor to portray a younger Harrison Ford? What are we doing? Are we trying to make this movie good? Where's the effort? I don't understand. Whatever happened to recasting? Casting a younger actor to play that same character, just younger. What, what happened to that? Or even use, if you're not going to do that, use a deep fake and just deep fake the face and get a younger person to do the movements of that character. I don't understand why they had to put 80-ass, 80-year-old-ass Harrison Ford and make him run when it's back in time. This is just not believable. I couldn't believe it. Like, how could they possibly think that people were not going to see that, not only make fun of it, but call it out for lack of effort, lack of creativity, and lack of just like serving the story better. Was it Harrison Ford being like, nah, no one can play indie but me? Well, that's just being selfish. You're not you're 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 putting your yourself above the quality of the movie, the quality of the story. Maybe fuck right off. Like, I mean, I, I don't know, like, I don't want to disrespect you, but maybe fuck right off. I'll be honest. I, I just don't think that. That is allowed. That should not have been allowed. They let that happen. I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Um. So at the you know right off the bat, you know it's a pretty cool scene. It's back in the 1940s with the Nazis. It's pretty cool. You get like a bit of a backstory of who the villain's gonna be, which is Mads Mikkelsen. He plays a he plays a Kraut, and he's pretty good. Mads Mikkelsen, I'll be honest. Him and Harrison Ford really put it all out there for this movie. Like, Harrison Ford can play the hell out of Indiana Jones. Mads Mikkelsen can play the hell out of a bad guy. Like, he is so good at playing the bad guy. Like, he should be just given bad guy roles because he's that good at it. It's crazy. The voice, the line delivery, the way he looks. He's just, he's got that villainy look. Like, he just nails villains. He's almost like a Christoph Waltz. Like, he can just play bad guys, and we just assume that, oh, he's a bad guy. Or even Giancarlo Esposito. Like, Mads Mikkelsen, um, Christoph Waltz, and Giancarlo Esposito. Just, like, give them bad guy roles, and we will believe them. And they're, like, the best at it, of playing bad guys. It's crazy. Um, So, yeah, that whole thing, you know, happens. There's a scene that, that happens to Mads Mikkelsen character. There's one thing that happens to his character in order for him to get away from younger Indy in the flashback. 
And most people would be like, why do they do that? It's a way for him to essentially escape Indy or Indy escapes him. Yeah, Indy escapes him because he's, you know, something's going to happen. But this thing happens and I shit you not, they could have done something entirely different to make him get away and be more believable than that shit that they did. I won't say what it is because it's like, if you watch it or if you've seen it, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's pretty glaring. And it's actually kind of like, what happened there? Like, did they just not care? Like, why do they have that happen? I don't understand. And it does it's not something that comes back in the future either. Like, it's just so stupid. I couldn't believe that that actually happened. Lazy, lazy, lazy writing there. Um, but now to get to the actual real thing of the story, Indy is looking for this Dial of Destiny thing that's like broken up into two pieces. The Kraut guy has it. He has another piece, I believe. And then they want to get bring them together. And then this whole like uh, Dial of Destiny is supposed to like open or guide you to um, little rips in time to go back in time. That's essentially what happens. That's that's the purpose of this whole thing. And yeah, I was like, yeah, okay, I'll buy into this. This is cool. This is all right. You know, we flash back into the 60s where he's, um, you know, older indie, kind of an alcoholic. That That's, uh, you know, Lucasfilm really just wants to beat down the Harrison Ford character in um, these film franchises. They made Harrison Ford, oh, well, they killed him. They made him a sad sack. They made him a sad sack here, too. At the very beginning, I was like, dude, what did he do to y'all? Like, this is crazy. And uh, it just was like, okay, this is indie. All right, oh, I can I can get behind this. He's just like kind of uninspired. This is kind of all right. Um, not uninspiring, not very fun, but when's the adventure going to start? You know? And that's kind of like how the film also kind of felt. Like it, it was like very, very slow. In a lot of parts. The movie is two and a half hours. And you know I've said that I don't care about the runtime of a film. If it's long and it's a good film. It won't feel like that. Well this is not a good film. And that runtime is felt very much. They could have at least cut like a half hour of this movie. And it would have been a lot better. There's a lot of a lot of shit. A lot of explaining stuff. That it did not need to take as long as it did. I'll be honest. like The pacing was really all over the place, it was kind of fast in some areas, and some areas it just took forever to get to the other place, like, it just, from point A to point B, just should not take that long in a modern day film, it should not, um, having said that, and kind of branching off of that, this film is not directed by Steven Spielberg, it's directed by James Mangold, who I have loved his previous, you know, two films, um, Ford versus Ferrari and Logan, fantastic films, I don't think that he did the best he could with this film. I think that he attempted to make an Indiana Jones film. And it was not a good attempt. I'll be honest. I miss the pacing of Steven Spielberg. The pacing of his films, he just does it so well. Raiders, Temple, Crusade, even Crystal Skull has incredible pacing. This movie, you feel the drag, and it's a long drag. Like, you can just feel it. And, like, nothing's happening. We're taking too long here. Why are we doing this? Why are we still here? What's going on? Are we going to move on? What's going? It's like, it takes forever, and it's just like, dang, what the fuck happened here? Like, you can definitely tell, like, it just felt like their sad, sorry attempt to make an Indiana Jones film. And it just was not it. Just wasn't it, you know the intro, the introduction to this, you know his daughter or, or his godfather um, Helena, played by Phoebe Waller Bridge, um, is not the most likable character, like kind of snarky, pretty arrogant. I would say is kind of like fighting with Indy like half of the movie, which is like, <laughs> like what the fuck, and her backstory is kind of weak, I'll be honest. There's a character that's also introduced at the very beginning of the film, 
which is her father. You know, he, her father and Indy are on this mission in World War II at the beginning of the film, right? That flashback is they're on a mission to get this Dial of Destiny. And for them to, like, create this new character who is her father, which is her daughter, which is Indy's goddaughter, and that relationship between Indy and the father is so small it's so brief and there's not much to it i can't really grasp why he cares so much about phoebe waller bridge's character and why he cares so much about this guy because it's all in flashbacks and it's so quick and it's just like there isn't really built up of his character uh indy's friend and the goddaughter for me to even give a flying shit about either of those characters it's just like it's not there there's no chemistry there there's like no relationship. Or why does he care? She's an asshole. Why does he care about her? She's she's trying to wreck his shit, you know? Almost gets him killed. It's like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, what the fuck? And it's like, dude, this is just not working out. This is just not working out. She also comes off as sort of like a know-it-all, too. It's like, dude, like, you, you just don't. Like, what, what happened here? Like, it's almost like they forgot to build up that character to make you actually care about it. And not just be annoyed by her. You know, it's sad. It's really, it's truly sad because she's probably not even the bad actress. She, she played it well. It's just they kind of made her like arrogant and annoying and like always fighting with Indy. It's like, are you kidding? Like, what the fuck? Why, why, why is this not working out? You know, and it worked out in Crystal Skull because Shia LaBeouf was like that character, but he kind of grew into it because he realized that that was his dad and the relationship that, you know, because his mom comes on the mission too, right? Marion comes on that mission. And there's a relationship built there. There's like a relationship and like a reveal. And he, he works his way into like, okay, well, I guess if you're my dad, then, you know, I'm going to, you know, let's, let's do it. There's none of that really in this one. And it's just like, it's sad. It's just, it's just like, well, they don't even like each other. And just, they're just going with it. You know, well, yeah, I guess, you know, you yeah gotta get me to this place and that's just it you know it's just really like an adventure that's just like it's just a it's it's like a long journey that we just gotta get through it like okay whatever growing pains or some shit like that it's just gonna be an annoyance it's like all right all right whatever you're saying let's just get through it and that's just kind of how the whole movie kind of plays out is let's just get through it because it's just it's so long it's so it's it's slow the characters are like not that interesting. The uh, the objective is not that interesting, and it's just like, damn, this is just like not good. This movie is pretty mediocre. Like it's sad to say, but it is. And like I said before, that you know, you could tell that this movie is just not. You know, it's it's an attempt. It's an actual attempt to make an Indiana Jones film. You know, Steven Spielberg, Spielberg was supposed to direct it. He was supposed to do it, but he backed out. I don't know what happened or why that happened. They brought in, brought in James Mangold, and I thought that this was going to be a lit-ass movie. No, just wasn't that. It wasn't good. It wasn't that fun. There were some fun moments, but overall, it's just like not really an inspired movie. Not inspired, not fun, just kind of a drag. And that might also be because of the runtime. Like, the runtime is atrocious. It it feels long. And the characters kind of suck besides Indy. And there's just not that much there. The fact that he can't really do a lot of stunts anymore kind of sucks, too. I mean, it just feels like I'm watching an old guy, you know, just go through all this stuff. It's like, damn, this is not entertaining really at all <laughs> not as much as they probably thought it was on paper it probably sounded pretty entertaining but when you watch it no not really no um but yeah just pretty mediocre pretty mediocre now that if i'm going to actually rank all the films because believe it or not i watched every single indiana jones film before i saw this recently and they're all better than Tyler Destiny. Let me tell you that. Um, of course, number one is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark is just perfect. The perfect adventure film. Perfect pace, perfect characters, 
perfect uh, mythology. You know, very cool archaeological stuff. Awesome. You know, different locations. Very cool. Appealing to the eyes. Cool characters, like I said. And, you know, actually a little creepy. A little freaky, too, at the end. Um, number two for me is Last Crusade. Probably one of the funnier funnier uh, Indiana Jones films. Him and Sean Connery together was brilliant. Just like a perfect like father-son um, dynamic duo. I love when he's like, Dad, Dad. Like, it's just so funny because it's so relatable. It's like what you do with your dad. Like, Dad, come on, Dad. Like, it's, it's just, it's so fun to watch. And to me, and I've been talking to my brother about this too, the way The Last Crusade ends is how it should have ended. Is how Indiana Jones, the character, should have ended. Riding off into the sunset after completing their journey. Their adventure, rather. Perfect. Number three, Temple of Doom. The Probably the most annoying thing about that entire movie is Willie. Willie was fine for me. Didn't bother me when I was a kid. Rewatched the movie like a week ago. She's pretty goddamn annoying. She's pretty fucking annoying. Like, the amount of times that she screams and yells and complains, it's too much. Too fucking much. Um, the addition to Short Round, though, was so much fun. By the way, what the fuck, Disney? Where the fuck was Short Round? Short Round was not even mentioned in this film. I couldn't believe it. I just, like, the actor just won an Oscar, and, like, you didn't put him in your film? Could not believe it. Adding short round, adding adding anyone else from previous Indiana Jones films probably would have made this movie so much better and brought it, you know, made it so much more impactful. I can't, I mean, do I want to tell you what happened to Shia LaBeouf's character? Should I? All right, I will. Spoilers, everyone. Shia LaBeouf's character, right? Indiana Jones' son, Mutt, is dead. They killed him. Now, of course, like, Shia LaBeouf was getting some pretty, you know, uh, tangly shit, you know, not in his personal life, and his, and his, that would affect his acting career, but still, they killed him. They just wrote off his character that he died in the war after enlisting, and that's why, another spoiler um, right here, that's why Indy and Marion are divorcing because they could not recuperate and come back from losing their son. <laughs> Just like, well, well, this is this sucks. Like, this is not fun to watch. <laughs> I think that Disney thinks that sadness and depressing shit are like good character development. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's true. I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't think that you have to actually make someone sad to change them. They you just have to change their character, not not make them sad. Come on. But yeah, they killed off Shia LaBeouf's character. Couldn't believe it. I was like, no fucking way they killed him. I was like, yo, where is he in the commercials? Why why is he not on the trailer? Why he's his son. Where did he go? No mention? Nothing? No, he died in the war. Okay. Sure. Okay. Well, all right. Whatever. Just kill them all off. Whatever. I don't care. I don't care anymore. But yeah, I couldn't believe it. Could not believe it. No short round. No mutt. Like, short round would have been a... Should have been there. Where is he? Why is he not like a... Why was he not like mentoring under Indy? Like, he seemed like he was like his best friend. Like, are you kidding me? He's just not there. He's gone. No mention of him either. Come on, bro. You should, you were supposed to be the movie to tie things together, to bring things back. <sighs> I don't know. A lot of expectations and nothing fulfilled. Um, so that was back to the ranking. Temple of Doom is number three. Some Raiders, Crusade, and Temple. Number four. Was actually not expected to do this. I rewatched Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And that movie is better than the Dial of Destiny. It actually is better. The pacing, the story, 
the action sequences, the effects, the straight-up archaeology, the mystery, the clues and all that, the investigating stuff, Indiana Jones himself, much more fun to watch than Dial of Destiny. Much more fun. The banter between him and Mutt is great. The addition of his mom is great. The Kate Blanchett character is more believable. I mean, it's in the 50s, right? Of course we're fighting the Soviets. Why the fuck? I mean, how come... Why are we still fighting the Nazis in the 60s? Like, well, I thought they were gone. <laughs> like, why, why, are we, why are we going backwards with these villains? Like, I, don't, I don't understand. The Russians would have been another a better thing, but people were like, no, Indiana Jones just fights Nazis. Well, you're dumb, bro. You don't understand the passage of time. The enemies change. So do the good guys. All right, get over it. I remember that same exact complaint when the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull came out. Why is he not fighting Nazis? Well, newsflash, idiot. It's the 50s. They're pretty much gone. The, the, the Russians are the enemy now. Get with the times, you idiot. Couldn't believe that was an actual uh, complaint. But Crystal Skull, as crazy as it is, right? He survived a fucking nuke in a fridge. Loose flash for you. He survived thousands of feet in a boat in Temple of Doom. He dropped out of a plane thousands of feet in the air in an inflatable boat and lived. Get used to it, all right? Don't give me shit about this. He survived nuke in a fridge. B- motherfucker, like, you have to be all in on this. They just upped the ante, you dunce. And the dialogue is so much better in Crystal Skull. The pacing is phenomenal. It's actually phenomenal. The action is so much better. And it just has that Spielberg flair that, as much as I love James Mangold, was missing in this movie. It was missing. It felt slow. The action felt slow. The action felt clunky. The direction felt clunky. I'm sorry. It just did. It just did. Rewatching Crystal Skull and then going right into Dial of Destiny, I'm like, yeah, Crystal Skull had some pretty crazy moments. I can't get, I cannot get behind Shia LaBeouf swinging with the monkeys. I can't get behind that. That's a bad moment. That's really stupid. But it's just like a brief thing and then it goes away. It's not like, like in Dial of Destiny where like this whole thing about him de-aging is just like, oh my God, this is just unbearable. Why is this even happening? Or the character of the Phoebe Waller-Bridge character just being like there just to piss him off and go to war with him. It's like, this is this is so silly. What's, this is not fun to watch. What are we doing here? Like, and it's throughout the entire film and this entire bullshit. Nah, bro. After seeing Crystal Skull again, it, it's better. It is better than Donald Destiny. I, and and I, I encourage you to watch Crystal Skull and then Dial of Destiny and then come back and tell me that I was right. Because I truly do think that Crystal Skull is better. It is better. I, I'll be honest, it is. Um, and it brings back, again, Marion, you know, old character, still there, that is in, it, like, in a major part of the movie. I mean, they brought back Sala in Dial of Destiny, which was nice, but he's barely in it. He's, like, barely in it. It's like, come on. You're going to take him away? Are you joking? <sighs> but, yeah. That movie was an actual, like, disappointment. And actually, you know, it's showing. It's not doing very well at the box office. It costs almost $300 million to make. I could not believe that fucking budget. Like, are you kidding me? How does an Indiana Jones movie take that much money to make? Was it all the CGI? Was it the de-aging? The process of filming? Was it the fact that Harrison Ford was injured on the set? Like, what? You can't tell me that an Indiana Jones movie is going to cost you that much money. It can't do And you're going to make, like, you're not going to make that all back? Like, this this movie ain't going to do much after this weekend. I'm sorry, because after this, next weekend's Mission Impossible. Y'all are screwed. After that's going to be Oppenheimer and Barbie. Y'all done. You ain't making shit. And I saw the all these um, movie times at the theater. There weren't even that much for this movie at all in any theater that I saw. Like, not like as much as like... Of course, like a Marvel movie, but like still, there wasn't even that many showings. Opening weekend, 
I was like, no way. This can't be happening. This is actually going to bomb. This movie's going to bomb. And it is bombing. Crazily. That budget is actually embarrassing. Like, to think about that, that how much that movie cost to make and it not be anywhere like a good movie, like an like a enjoyable movie, like, that's crazy to me. I cannot believe that. It's insane. Well, maybe... Maybe they'll start making better movies again. Maybe they won't make as many movies have this insane budget. Like, if you think about it, bro, Disney is not making a lot of money right now. This movie bombed. They put out a Pixar movie that didn't make any money. Elemental. And then they had the uh, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Part 3 that didn't do well at all. They're one of their best movies, I think, this year was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And that's actually a fantastic movie. That's actually a fantastic movie that people saw because, I'm going to say it, word of mouth is really the best advertisement. I mean, you're not getting people saying anything about Dollar Destiny. Let me tell you that. Ain't nobody going to be saying, go see Dollar Destiny. No way, no how. No one's going to be saying that. And you're going to be like, nah, you don't need to see that shit. I'm not going to tell anybody to see this because this is it's a disappointing movie. It's not a fun movie for me to watch. I wouldn't watch it again. What makes you think I'm going to tell people to watch it? And your goddamn mind. Maybe Disney, maybe, just maybe, inject a little bit of creativity, cut down on these budgets a little bit, and maybe put something out that people want to watch. Then maybe we'll talk. All right? I can't think of anybody, Disney, Who's watching this fucking Marvel Secret Invasion crap? I can't think of anybody who's watching that piece of shit. No one. I watched 17 minutes of it because I was working out and I wanted something to watch. And everyone went back to it. I'm like, boring, get out of my face. I get out of my face. Like, nobody, nobody wants to watch as much as I love Sam Jackson. I don't give a fuck about Nick Fury. Well, actually, I do. I don't give a fuck about scrolls or whatever the fuck. I, I don't care about that. I do not care about that. Sorry. Maybe make something that actually people want to watch. And then come back. I don't know. I'm just saying. Anyways, people, that's going to be it for me today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Add Intelligent Moral with Alex Silva. This ep- uh, new episodes drop every Thursday morning. Make sure to like, rate, subscribe. Um, comment, do all that good stuff. And yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And I will see you guys next week.